0: This Bible verse, it says, Principles of separation. I want to remind you that God can always turn a curse into a blessing. Nehemiah 13 says, On that day, they read from the book of Moses in the hearing of the people, and in it was found written that no Ammonite or Moabite should ever come into the assembly of God because they had not met met the children of israel with bread and water but hired balaam against them to curse them however our god turned the curse into a blessing so it was when they had heard the lord that they separated all the mixed multitudes from israel i want to bless someone with this verse this uh, message that God can always turn a curse into a blessing.
1: There's grace for guilt, there's grace for all, you are love.
0: Good evening, guys. Good evening. This is Bernice. I hope you're doing great today. Um, I want to start off with the Bible verse the Lord led me to. And it was um, Nehemiah 4.9. Every day, I ask the Lord for a Bible verse. Today, I asked for the verse later on than I normally do. And he led me to Nehemiah 4.9. And what Nehemiah 4.9 talks about is when Nehemiah was approached by naysayers, about by people who didn't want to help, one, with what God assigned him to, and then two, they were conspiring against him, okay, and trying to put fear on him or in him, Um and you will always have those people that come around you when you are doing the work of the Lord. The enemy will always send them. Sometimes it might be your own family, your friends, even your boyfriend or somebody that you look up to. But the thing is, Nehemiah had discernment. And that's what God is trying to say. He had discernment and he had wisdom. He knew what to do in the situation. He didn't go off on them. He didn't, you know, blast it in front of everybody and in front of them. All he did was what Nehemiah 4.9 said. He said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto our God and set a watch against them day and night because of them. Nehemiah saw, you know, the enemy. Nehemiah saw what the enemy was capable of, what the enemy said. Nehemiah was not, you know, oblivious to the, the assignment of the enemy through those people. He did not approach them in a manner of flesh because he knew that, you know, we don't fight against flesh and blood. We fight against spiritual entities in heavenly places. He knew that he wasn't fighting the person. He knew that he wasn't defending himself. He knew that God was defending him. And So what Nehemiah did was that he went into prayer. Remember that when Nehemiah went to go and build this wall, he started off with prayer. And he continued with prayer. And many of us, you know, whenever the enemy brings his little same old tactics, same old agendas, we start to get our flesh into it. Instead, we have to do what Nehemiah did. We have to look And say, you know what, I'm not going to address you. I'm not going to even waste my breath on you. What I'm going to do is I'm going to actually let the Lord hear my breath. Let the Lord, Yahweh, who gave me the breath, I'm going to give my breath back to him. Because when I do that and I pray, you know, I cast my cares on him, he will intervene. He will step in, he will give me wisdom. And it says that Nehemiah prayed. He says, uh, "Nevertheless, we made our prayer. We, not just him, but he had other people with him that were helping him make a prayer. Because the Bible says that, you know, the prayers of the 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 affect the uh, the fervent prayers of the righteous avail much, right? Even when you look back, when when uh, Paul and Peter and all the disciples were were in a crisis, the church was praying for them." right? And so it's a weak thing. It's not just you. You can't just go through warfare alone. Sometimes some warfares are only designed for you. There are warfares that only you can handle. People around you, your community, your your prayer chain, your prayer warriors, your your intercessors cannot handle that warfare. And then there are warfare that you need a group of people to pray with you. Just like how Esther, you know, had his, her, her, she she had her, her, um, her, her her mate her people, Pray for her as she fasted, and and we see with even Nehemiah and Esther that that they had a strategy, and that that's what God is trying to pinpoint. You gotta have a strategy when you when you're trying to face the enemy's assignment. Just like we see here, the the enemy came through these these people to Nehemiah and said, "Hey, this is what we're gonna do, blah blah blah." they were just speaking you know they 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 didn't really do it but they were just speaking they were trying to put fear into Nehemiah and we see the same fear that 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 um you know Jezebel tried to put in 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 uh, in Elijah, but it actually worked with Elijah because Elijah ran into the cave. But Nehemiah said, no, I'm not running into no cave. I'm still gonna stand on this watch. I'm not coming down of this wall. I'm still gonna be on assignment. Yes, I hear you Jezebel through these people that you've sent, but guess what? I know who I serve. I, I I know who I serve. I serve Jehovah Gabor. I serve the God that brought me here that will sustain me. And so Nehemiah had a mentality of 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 David in front of Goliath and say, you know what? I I I'm I'm not even gonna look at the circumstances because I'm not frightened by by, by the number that you guys are. I'm not frightened by who you are in authority. I'm not frightened by you. Yes, I'm a, I'm a, I was here, but I left, but I'm back. And I, I guess what? I have an assignment and that assignment is greater because greater is he that is in me than, than he that is in the world. So therefore I'm not even going to address you, but guess what? I'm going I'm going to pray with my people that have been working diligently, that have been faithful with God with me, that God has brought in. Yes, Lord, that that God has brought the the witnesses, the cloud of witnesses around me. And I'm going to pray with them. And guess what happened? The Lord intervened. The Lord, you know, the thing about prayer is that God will give you wisdom when you pray. There are times, you know, even for me, I was at a certain job, and I was, I was like, Lord, this job is, it's harder than it's supposed to be. I don't understand why, but I feel like there's a, a method to it that I can do, or there's something I'm not, I'm not grasping that I can do to make the work easier. And I literally prayed that prayer. I was thinking about it, asking the Lord, like, "How can I make this work easy?" Because you know what they they normally say, you know, "Work, work smarter, not harder," right? And so I was like, "Look, Lord, I want to work smarter. How do I do that?" And The Lord gave me wisdom. He did, and it was like a download. It was it just came so quickly. I was like, "Whoa, I get it now." I was like, "Why did you? T- why did I even? Why why did I even like ask you that?" Long time ago, why didn't didn't I just like, what? I was like, God, why didn't you just drop it in my head? Because you did not ask. If you don't ask, you don't receive. If you don't knock, you don't, the door doesn't open. And so Nehemiah knew that, that he had to knock the door for the door to be open for him to get that wisdom there are so many wisdom behind doors that people have not knocked to open i remember that the lord giving me a vision of a door opening and, and the lord is saying that there are many of you that, that your wisdom is at the door front and you all you, you all you got to do is knock we know the woman in the word of god that 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 kept going to the door of his neighbor hey and, and kept going consistently the bible says that the neighbor kept coming to to, to to the door and knocking can i have this can i have this and that comes Consistency caused that neighbor to say, you know what? Here it is. Take it. And that's what God is saying. Many of you, 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 you don't even go to the door to ask. The door, the door is there. The, the wisdom that you, you desire is right behind the door. But you have to knock. You have to ask the Lord. And he will give it to you. Because even in prayer, God gives free will. We know that God doesn't force knowledge on us. He doesn't force wisdom on us. He doesn't force things on us. Even in prayer, he gives us a free will. You can ask freely. You know it says freely come boldly to the throne of grace, right? And so Nehemiah had that wisdom downloaded upon him to watch them day and night. We you know what he did, he set people at the gates, he set people in position and he and, and there was a point. He even gave them, you know, tools in their hands and weapons in their hands. They had they had tools in one hand and, and then they had weapons in, in in another hand because they were warring and they were building at the same time. And that's what happens so that when you start to build. People will come along and, and try to put fear in you, try to put doubt in you, try to put you know discouragement in you. And m- most of the time, it's not the people, it's the spirit behind them. Because God knows, God knows where you're going. And sometimes the enemy can see your potential because he sees what you're doing now. And he says, you know what, if I don't stop them now, it, they, they, they're going to go to the nations. If I don't stop them now, they're going to overthrow my kingdom. Nothing. Nothing, I'm, I'm going to say this, nothing that you do is in vain when you do it for the, wor- for, for the will of God and for his purpose. And because the enemy knows that you are diligent and you, are, and you have tenacity and he sees that you have advanced in the realm of the spirit, your, your, your anointing has increased, he, he has to do something to, 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 to shake you out of the place that you're supposed to be consecrated. The enemies are going to sit back and watch you. Slay demons, watch you dismantle us, time of the enemy, you know, watch you destroy witches and warlocks and, and pray and heal and deliver and set free the captive. The enemy is not going to do that. He, he's not gonna just going to sit down and twiddle his little fingers. No. He didn't even try. He did not do that with Jesus. So why would he not want to do that with you? And so you have to do like what Nehemiah did. Don't address the, the enemy. Sometimes silence, silence is a weapon it is sometimes it's a weapon because what you do is that you make the enemy see that you're not fearful one two that you're not even gonna waste your breath on them you're not even gonna address them you're not even gonna waste your time addressing them because what they're saying is not even in your sector of revelation you know, because your revelation is so high or or even your, 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 your demeanor, your, your, how you carry yourself, your character is at a point that they might not even understand what you say when you say, you know, the Bible says that the word of God, the mystery of God is 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 cryptic to those that are in the world. It's hidden from them. And so sometimes you're wasting your breath instead of letting the Holy Spirit step in when you pray or let God send his angels when you pray. And so today God is you know telling me about gates he 's been talking to me about gates, and Nehemiah had a strategy here. He knew how to position people and and sometimes when you are in warfare and i 'm talking to you know churches right now i 'm talking to leaders in churches and in ministries when you when When you start to see people getting discouraged, when you start to see people uh come in and put in The spirit of doubt and accusations and division. Your gates, there's something wrong with your gates. Because we know in the word of God that there are gates. There are gates in the realm of the spirit. Um, There there are gates. God took me to Nehemiah 3 a couple days ago. And he's talking to me about, about the unity in workmanship. Ephesians talk about how God has already predestined our workmanship you know, for us to, 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 we are the workmanship of God, right? He's already predestined what we're going to work on. But there has to be unity for it to progress. And we see here in Nehemiah in 4, 9, that he had unity. He prayed with them. They prayed together. And then he positioned them day and night. There were those that worked at daytime and there were those that were positioned at nighttime. They took shifts. And so God took me to Nehemiah 3. And so I'm going to go there. Before I go there, I want to mention the gates. There are gates in the realm of the Spirit. You know? There are gates, you know, if you're a watchman. A watchman is somebody who who God has authorized to be able to pray, to see and pray. Okay a watchman is like somebody who's like at the at the gate of a bank okay they're watching to see if there's any cr- criminal or if somebody is is acting weird you know they, they are, and even now um you know they are, they are um police and women that are at, at certain schools because of the shootings they are there to watch to 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 have discernment because watchmen have discernment you have to be able to see past what somebody's doing to 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 see what you're hiding. And so watchmen are people of God uh, who, who God has positioned them to, to, to pray, to see he reveals to them what it is that he's going to do or what it is that the enemy is doing. They're able to see in the realm of the spirit what the enemy is doing and what God is doing and what human is doing as well. And they're able to pray. God has given them the authority to pray. And and not just in cities and, and, and states and countries and, and towns, but in homes, people who are priesthood of their home. A watchman. You know, what comes to mind is Gideon. Gideon was a watchman. He was able to go and destroy the, 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 the temple and, and, and the idol worship and that, that, that his family, you know, uh, had. Because watchmen destroy the assignment of the enemy. Watchmen destroy what has been laid there for many generations. And then they rebuild with prayer what God wanted to do. Ruth was a watchman. Ruth was a, a priesthood of her family. She left behind all the idol worship and that you know was going on in her family in Moab, and she moved forward and said, you know, I know a God who is great. Now I know a God who is Jehovah Jireh, the Provider, and I'm going to follow Him because I, I have I've tasted and seen the goodness of the goodness of of God, you know. And Abraham was a watchman. Many watchmen are in the Word of God. David was a watchman, you know. Um, Jesse's Jesse's son was a watchman. Jesus is a chief watchman. And he's, even now he's watching and praying. He's interceding for us. So I want to I wanna talk about the gates. Okay, the gates. Um, the Bible says in Matthew 16, 18, that the, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against the kingdom of God. And that we know for sure. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the kingdom of God at all. And we are part of the kingdom of God. That's why God says that in Luke Luke 10, 19, that he has given you authority over serpents and scorpions and over all the kingdom of darkness. And nothing by any means could ever hurt you because the gates of hell cannot prevail against you. Okay, when you are a child of God. It says uh, in Psalms 118, 19, Talks about the gates of righteousness. Um, Nehemiah 213 talks about the valley gates that need to be repaired. Nehemiah 2.14 talks about let the gates of fountain, which which represent the Holy Spirit, be repaired. Apostolic gates is the uh, the the sheep gates. That Nehemiah was rep- rep- repairing in Nehemiah 3.1. The fish gates represent evangelism. That was being repaired by Nehemiah. In Nehemiah 3.3. Okay. The old gates. Rep- that that Nehemiah, was being re- that Nehemiah was repairing. Is in Nehemiah 3.6. And that represents uh, moves of the past. The dung gates represent deliverance. That nehemiah was repairing in nehemiah three fourteen, the water gates that nehemiah repaired is represent preaching and teaching the east gate nehemiah repaired in three uh, in nehemiah three twenty nine and also you can look at ezekiel 43 1 2, 2 represent glory the glory of god so in the book of nehemiah there are a lot of gates the little gates that talks about here. And you can tell that Nehemiah was repairing a lot. And they, they, they were able to see that. Oh, wait a minute. Nehemiah is repairing this and repairing that and repairing this. Like he's repairing the valley gates. He's repairing the the, fount- the, the gate of the fountain, which is the Holy Spirit. He's repairing the sheep gate, like the fish gate, the old gate. He re- he's repairing deliverance gates. He's repairing, you know, teaching and preaching gate. Like, Whoa. He is putting structure back into that city into that place and into the people and the enemy could not stand that and so whenever you're repairing something in a city and that's why it's important that you seek the lord before you open you know businesses and and ministries and churches and things in a city because there are certain things and certain principalities and certain things that has been established in that place that when you go there, if you cannot repair it, it will overtake you. If you're not ready for that warfare, it will overtake you. There are times when I, I, I drive in neighborhoods and I could sense the spirit in that neighborhood. I can sense it and, and I'm like, oh my God. And that's why it's, it's important that before you move to a certain place, you have to ask the Lord, do you want me here? Because sometimes the gate is out of position. And if you go there, you might, you might fall into the middle of a warfare that you might not be ready for. And so what God is saying in this season is that you got to repair your gates. You got to find out who's at the gates of your... God is showing me a church right now who's at the doorpost of your gates, who's welcoming your people, okay? Because, oh my God, ushers are not just there to just smile and just usher. No, ushers are supposed to be discerners. I believe that the people that are supposed to be in the usher ministry, that are guarding the doorways, are supposed to be people who are really integral and have a closeness with God have discernment have have not the gift of knowledge the gift of discernment and have fruits as well they have to have fruit you know there's, there's, there has to be a balance they have to be able to hear God and see in the realm of the spirit because you want to have ushers that can that can discern quickly okay this person is trying to cause chaos because there's an, another shift in the in the realm of the spirit coming into the into the service. You know they're able to see somebody come walk in and say okay this person needs to sit next to this this person because that person is always you know joyful and and, and can and can help them remove the garment of heaviness for the spirit of praise you know this because that person is always praising God and, and they need somebody around them that will will, will, will praise God in their presence so that that spirit of heaviness can just lift off and go because you know the enemy doesn't like when there's a light in the room you need ushers that have pure the Bible you know God was talking to me this morning as I was praying and worshiping God said to me blessed are the pure in heart for they shall what they shall see God they shall see God are your are your ushers your greeters pure in heart because who you, who you position at a doorpost is important because they will attract things into the place if they're not right in the, in, in the sign of God. There could be somebody that could pass right by them and has a spirit about them and they will not be able to even discern it. And not, and not just that, not, not, not just in person, but when they when they go to bed, God can speak to them about the church, about the house that they serve. And say, you know what, Pastor, I'm seeing this in the room of the Spirit. You need people that are pure in heart to guard the gates. I'm not saying that if somebody, you know, who want to just serve and is new in Christ, want to be, you know, part of the, the usher ministry that you don't put them in. No, 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 you do because they have a desire for that. But there are positions in the house that you can position them because they might not be ready for the warfare that that, that entails. In that position, you could position them as beginners. You know, you know, pair them up with a, a seasoned usher, right? Even as prophets of God, when we are new in prophesying and working in our ministry of of being a, a prophet. We are still paired with senior prophets in the church because you're you're still being cultivated and prepared for when you actually can man the door so God is saying, "How is your gate in your house? How is your gate? How's your gate at your worship who who is the leader of the worship team and did you ask the Lord should you put this person there because they're oh my God, sometimes the enemy sees that you have a worship mantle on your on your ministry or or on your business or even in your church. And he sees that you guys worship and the Holy Spirit comes in. You know, you worship and angels come in. You worship and there's an atmosphere that cultivated. not just in your church, but it moves across the, the, the city. It, 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 it makes witches and warlocks in the neighborhood uncomfortable because when the praise, praises of God goes up, God inhabits in his praises. He never leaves his praises. So when you worship, Demons and witches and warlocks are uncomfortable because you are praising God. I see a lion even roaring in the realm of the spirit because God is roaring because things are shifting. And so because the enemy see that your worship is is moving, is even delivering people uh, that you don't even have to lay hands on because your worship is such a sweet perfume in the room. Then guess what happens? The enemy will send people into the worship team. That are not pure in heart. That, that, that don't have a mindset. And some of them, they don't even know they're, they're being used by the enemy. Honestly. Some of them don't even know. And so who's manning the doorpost of your worship team? Whenever somebody new comes into a team in a ministry, you got to scan the team again and see what changed when that person came in. Sometimes things shift. Oh my God! If you're somebody who's very prophetic, you don't just let anybody and everybody come in your home. And I'm not saying that you you don't invite people because your home is a sanctuary for the presence of God to dwell, right? And you you don't just bring everything to your home just because somebody gave it to you. You don't because they're portals to things, right? We know that the enemy use things as portals, and so you you got to be careful, even. If things can be portals, then people can be too, for the for the enemy to use. And so you have to ask yourself, why is this person in this ministry, and why did I put that person in charge? If you heard the God, you know, if you if you heard, if you heard God say yes, then go and do it. Put that person there, because God's, God's voice is the final say. Okay. God's voice is the final say. He makes things happen how he wants to. The Bible, the Bible says that, you know, he uses, he uses things that are very mysterious and unpopular to confide the wise. He uses things that you would never think about, like how can... Hagar be somebody that God wanted to bless if she returned to her um her mistress. How is you know uh the prostitute um I'm blanking on her name that was at the rooftop that hit the two men that um was sent to spy Jericho? how, how is that rahab thank you lord thank you holy spirit how is rahab somebody that saved her family as a prostitute but god sees the heart and the mind and so you have to go back to god and ask god he uses the foolish things to confide the wise that's the bible that i was looking for and so Ask God, why, why, did, why did I put this person there? And it's okay. It's okay. There are many times where I have said no to people. Okay? I've said no to people who wanted to be in certain positions in my ministry. Even people who wanted me to come and, 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 and minister to them. Okay? I've said no. Because God said no. And they wanted to pay me so much money. I said no. Because God said, no, it's okay to remove certain people from positions and let them relearn, let them unlearn, relearn, let them meet the angel that Isaiah met in Isaiah six. Isaiah said, woe is me for I am undone. I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among the people of unclean lips. There had to be a time that people have to be convicted and, and, and realize that, oh, wait, I, I have unclean lips. I need to sit down and really let God purge me. There's a purging happening. There was a time God literally sent an angel to purge my lips. I talked about that when I, I talked about who apostles are. I literally prayed Isaiah 6 every day. I think for like a month or so. For God to purge me. To have that encounter of approach. I was set on fire. Like literally fire ablaze in my kitchen. My eyes had burnt on it. My tongue was burnt. Well, my lips. I had a, I had a burn on my lips. Okay. So the Lord did it. You know, after it happened, I was like, oh, you answered my prayer. And I told you guys about how there was like an angel, like a, a, um, when the smoke went on and up that you can see on, you, you could see on my ceiling, the, the mark of an angel's wings. And my friends were like, oh my gosh, that's an angel's wings. I literally, and, and God wanted to show me by that evidence that, hey, Bernice, I will honor your your prayer, because I pray that prayer every day. Sometimes I pray it three times. I'm like, Lord, I need that encounter. And it's okay for you to ask God to purge you, to to to, to purify, refine you. I'm I'm reminding I'm being reminded of the the song "Refiner" by Maverick City, and I'm gonna play that at the end of this. But it's okay for God to purify you, and then go back into position. Because, look, listen, in ministry, there are times where you, you get sat down because you, you have to get purged. You never stop purging. Because sometimes, and, and that comes to deliverance, you cannot drive out every spirit out of certain people because there are certain spirit that they're not ready to be delivered from. Because some, sometimes if you deliver everything out of somebody, they, they, they can go crazy, literally, they, they, because demons have a way to cultivate somebody's mind, to, to, to change their mind. And that's why after deliverance, you have to go through unlearning and relearning. Actually, before deliverance happens, you go through unlearning. Then after deliverance, you go through relearning, okay? Relearning the right doctrine, which is the word of God. And that comes with healing. Okay? And so it's okay for you to remove certain people out of position. Switch things around. Flip the tables like Jesus did. And say, no, we're not going to do that here. We're not going to tolerate that that anymore. And I know I'm talking to somebody here. That God has been talking to you specifically to flip certain tables. And you don't want to lose members. You don't want to lose tight Guess what? God is the one that gave them the money for them to bring to the storehouse in the first place. And many of them could say, you know what, I'm not tithing. Many of them could. And there was a time where I didn't I didn't tithe. I didn't give my tithes and offerings. And God convicted me. And I repented and I was like, okay, God, I'm gonna try you and see, like you said in Malachi, you know, that you will not open the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing. That I don't have room enough to receive it. And I got my titan principles straight. I was like, no, I'm not going to not tight." And then God had to take me through how to type joyfully. See, it's a process. And it's okay to remove people and put them back in position. One thing that, you know, I remember God taking me to a, a pastor. And this pastor is an ap- apostle. You know, and everywhere God takes me, he gives me a word for the pastor before I leave. And I delivered this word to the pastor and I told the pastor, God told me to tell the pastor, the apostle, that uh, the apostle had to switch people around in in this specific ministry. The apostle had to have certain, about like five people at least, or three people, that in this season of summer, you are going to minister. You're going to be the, the the leader, and these, are, and these two people are going to be the co leaders. And then in the winter season, the, the apostle will switch it and say, Okay, God is saying, You be the leader this time. What it does is that it gives other people rest. There's a season of Selah that's important for everybody. Even in prayer and worship, we go through Selah moment where we have to be quiet and just sit and wait for God, for, for God to speak. David knew the importance of Selah. That's why, that's why he put Selah in his in, in Psalms, right? And so there are times where you, you as a leader, you got to switch people around as the Holy Spirit leads you and let people go into Selah. Because sometimes they have to go deeper in worship or deeper in prayer. You know, when you're a leader in ministry, it takes a lot out of you. What I've come to realize as I've been in church leadership is that there are many people who have neglected the secret place of the Most High and put so much work into ministry that they don't really have a a, a sanctified moment with God. It's like they have a, a, a sanctified moment with God in the public, but they don't have it in the private. And that's why they get burned out. That's that's why they cannot hear anymore and see anymore and that's why they have to fight the new people that come in who are who have a relationship with God because they don't have time for God anymore and they see that and they see that this person is a threat to them losing their position and so it's important for people to sit on the side and have a, and, and rebuild that that connection with God. And we built that, that 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 moment that 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 intimate time, that communion time that relationship with God because some of them what I see is that I see a candle you know, and their fire kept kept getting dim and dim and dim and it just went out. the fire in their belly has died out because they've they not cultivated prayer, and all they've been doing is focusing on getting this done, getting that done, but it has to be a balance. What God is telling me right now is that there are people that are in ministry, that are leaders in ministry, that are like, um, you know, um, positions. They they actually work in ministry that are out of position in the realm of the spirit, but in the physical, in the church, they are busy, 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 busy working, but in the spirit, there's no busyness. They don't have any any anything there's there's nothing in the room there is no glory there's nothing it's dry the fountain has stopped flowing the the fire has stopped blazing all because they work 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 and it's great to work oh god thank you holy spirit what god is showing me is that many of you are like Mata. You, yes you're working for the Lord. And it's great to work for the Lord. But you lack a lot. And it's in vain. When you don't have. That relationship with God. Because. Mary sat at Jesus' feet. And it will never be taken from her. Some of you. Some of you. Your your seat at Jesus' feet has been taken away from you being so busy for the Lord. God is saying, that's not what I want. That's not what I want. That's, what, that's not what I asked you. I asked you to sit at my feet. Yes, Mary, Mary saw what Martha was busy doing. She wasn't blind. She saw it. She saw it was, you know, it was very, a lot of work in the place. But sometimes you have to know the balance of sitting at the feet of Jesus and getting up. That's why many of your leaders and your members are tired because they're being worked out. They're not, they're not being yes, yes. It's a, you know you pray, you do prayer nights, you do, you know, worship nights, you do teachings and, and, and healing and all of that. But you are you are there when, when that is being done. They they need a time where You're not there. It's just them and God. That's what they need. That's why the gate has not been manned up well. Because the watchmen can't see anymore. They're just there physically. Not there, you know, spiritually. They can't see anymore. They cannot feel anymore. They cannot discern anymore. Your gifts are dimming. Because they've not been plugged into the Lord like they should do not be plugged in and so what god is saying is that who's man in your gates in what seasons you got to know how to shift people around and say you know what i want you to sit down and, and 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 you know when they sit down it doesn't mean that they're you know they're horrible you just want them to cultivate the presence of god even deeper okay you want them to still be plugged in and you know what i've seen is that many people think that many pastors think that oh just because. You know, I'm praying with them and I'm telling them about, you know, seeking God on their own time. Some of them, they don't do it. I remember I was in ministry and I was pouring, pouring, pouring a lot. And I realized that my prayer time was shorter. And I didn't like that because I want my prayer time. I want to get everything God is saying. And the moment I I took a sela moment from the ministry that I was serving in. It's like a door of the presence of God revelation just opened because I was just being a mata so many mata in the church working in the church oh where do you work i work in this this, this, this church awesome but many of them don't know how to be a married it says here at home of martha and mary luke 10 38 42 as jesus and his disciple as jesus and his disciples were on their way he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him she had a sister called mary who sat at the lord's feet listening what listening to what he said many of them are not listening because they're not at the feet of jesus anymore they have they come and stand in front of him they come and stand in front of him, and then they go after five minutes. They don't. They don't know how to abase themselves at the feet of Jesus. They don't know how to be like the woman with the oil and pour the oil at his feet. They don't. They don't know how to do that anymore because they're being mad. They they have distracted. Sometimes leadership, the, the the assignment, the job can be distraction. Anything anything can be distraction if you focus on it too much. And you put that thing before God, in place of God. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked. Martha was distracted, and that's what people do when they're distracted. They're the ones that will come and complain to you and say, Look, you're not letting this person help me. You're not doing this. There's a spirit of distraction coming to distract Mary and Jesus interacting. Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha. What did Jesus do? He called her twice. Because when somebody is distracted, they forget who they are in the realm of the spirit. So he had to wake her spirit up. Hello, I'm calling you Martha. The you know um, Tasha Cop song says, "He knows my name," and I'm gonna play that at the end as well. Mata Mata, he was waking her spirit up. He said, "Hey hey hey, Mata, hello." Some of you have to go to the, your 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 leaders, and and you know, as a leader, you have to go to your your co leaders and the people in your ministry and say, "Hey hey, I, I, you for did you forget who you are?" He said, "Mata Mata," the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, few, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. He said, "What a few things are needed, or indeed only one, and it was at his feet. Because the Bible says in Matthew 6, 33, that seek ye first, seek ye first. Seek, not seek the position, not seek to get this done at the, at the church or at the ministry or at the business. Not seek, you know, to exhaust yourself in the house of God. God will rather have you be a member in the church than exhaust, exhaust yourself and not have his presence in your quiet time. And not be able to discern and have that merry moment. He would rather have you sit in the church and do nothing, and just be a a a a, a um a, a a a a chair person than to lose your presence with him. If if you being taken away from his presence, presence because you don't know how to balance between working in a church, serving in a church, and being at his feet, then he would rather have you sit at the, at, you know, in church every single day until you master the balance between Mary and Martha. You know, there was a balance there. Mary was, Jesus was there, and Mary was busy. When the presence of God is there, you have to know how to flow and not be busy, but encounter him. Mary was encountering God. And it will not be taken away from you. When you seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, all things will be added unto you. And so that's what God is saying is that your gates, you need to visit your gates. Who is sitting at your gates? Is it a Mary or is it a Martha? How are they repairing? Because when you look at Nehemiah 3, he was repairing a lot. I want you to go and read Nehemiah 3. He was repairing a lot. He had certain people repairing the, the, the sheep gate, the fish gate. The old gates, the resident gates, okay? The family uh, helped as well to repair these gates. It was a family assignment. And we are family in the kingdom of God. The valley gates, okay? He repaired the refuse gates, the fountain gates. Those was a lot of repair. And Nehemiah himself repaired as well. He didn't just let the other people repair. And that comes with humility, as well and so I want you to revisit and ask yourself what's happening with the gates in my home in my church in my city in my business and even in myself because sometimes and especially in in deliverance after you cast out a spirit you pray for the gates that the enemy entered through to be shut so that the enemy doesn't have another way to come in again. Sometimes people willing willingly open the gate back up by you know sometimes the gates are through their eyes or their ears or you know their mouth or their belly or even their sexual organs. Sometimes the gates will be open open back up. In your intercessors' ministry, your your prayer ministry, your worship ministry, your teaching ministry, your care-giving ministry, your 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 deacons, your your elders, and all of those things in your church, who is manning those gates? And are those gates unmanned, unoccupied? Because wherever it's, it's unoccupied, the enemy can come in. And you don't want to put oh God thank you Holy Spirit Holy Spirit is telling me about Gideon when when God told him to let certain people go because they were not ready for the where he was taken near my um where he was taking Gideon some of you have to let some some people go out of the gates and reposition reposition them they might not be intercessors but they want to be so much in the prayer team because they want to say they want to know what's happening in in the ministry remove that person and put that person in a place that they're called for I'll tell them to go and pray and ask the Lord. Some some people are exhausted in your ministry, in your business, in your life. And even you, you are exhausted because your gates are unoccupied. You can ask the Lord. You can ask the Lord to put angels at the gates. Prophecy has a gate. Deliverance has a gate. Healing has a gate. Worship has a gate. Teaching has a gate. Your business, your financial sector has a gate. Your city has a gate. You have a gate. Your ear gates, your eye gates, your nose gates, your mouth gates. What are, what are those, all of those gates? So ask the Lord to purge your gates and realign your gates, reassign those that are supposed to be at the gates and help you. And so, Lord, we thank you for this message. And we ask you to realign the gates. Many people have demons at their gates. People have uh, people that are pretending to be one way in front of people and different in front of people. Um, in the secret place, they're different. They're, they're double-minded. And you know your word says that a, double, a double-minded man is unstable in all, all his ways. And they're being unstable in their personal life and bringing it into where they're gating and, and being a gatekeeper and so father i pray that you unveil to them let conviction fall upon them yes give them the carpet ministry of worship that they will bent over in humility and have that merry encounter with you father that you will be able to minister to them so remove the matters and make them merry in this season god i ask you that lord you will even cause angels to to minister to them as the angel of the Lord, minister to Isaiah the prophet, I ask you that they will come to themselves and say, Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips. Remove out of their eyes, Lord, the things that they are not being able to see. Ah, yes, remove the spirit of pride from them, Lord, that they will be able to come to you in humility in humility and say, God, I repent. I am not worthy to be at this front door. I'm not worthy to be at this Gate to Father, help me to be better so I can go back to this gate as a, as a man of God and as a woman of God that you called me to be, so I can be the vessel that you called me to be. Help me, God. I pray the Lord, they will pray these prayers and say, God, help me, God, to know the balance between Mary and Mother, because there's a balance between working in your house and being a workmanship, as you said in Ephesians, and being somebody that sits at your feet, because at your feet is the one thing that you desire of me so father i pray let them be able to open their mouth and decree these words god out of their heart because pure yes oh god you said, you said that lord bless other pure in heart for they will see the, the, the they will see you god they will see you and so father i pray for purity over their hearts let them re re-examine themselves are they worthy to be at this gate are they are they in position to be at these gates And who is at the gates. Help them to rededicate the gates back to you, God. Purge them, Father. So they can be able to stand. amidst all. Stand. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen. All right, so I wanted to prophesy, you know, over the nations. But I'm going to do that next time. Because I was basically going to come here and just quickly talk about gates and then prophesy uh, and pray for the nations. But the Lord in long, you know, made this longer than I thought. I was not even thinking about playing refiner. I was not even thinking about playing, you know, you, you know, my name. I was not even thinking about, you know, talking about Mary and all the people that I talked about in the word of God. And that's the thing about letting the Lord flow how he wants when you come and preach or when you come and sing and all of that. And so, This is the message today. Your gates need to be purged. And so I'm going to play this song. Let it minister to you. Just have a quiet time with God and really ask him, God, show me the places that I need purging in my gates. Show me what I need to do in this season concerning my gates because I need you to really position me. And if I need to sailor, help me to know how to sailor and be a Mary, God. And if you're a leader, I just pray for wisdom. Yeah, I pray for wisdom, divine wisdom upon you god is gonna give you a solomon encounter through your dream realm he's gonna give you download you're gonna wake up as a leader you're gonna wake up and have just that aha moment just 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 that that fire in your belly that god is God said that he's, he's gonna impregnate you with wisdom uh with plans and and with with riches of wisdom in, in knowing and plans and knowing how to to do this and, and, and how to move forward in your ministry. Wherever there has been stagnation. You know how to, to 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 jump over that huddle. To jump over that mountain. And not just you but you. Uh, I see leaders holding hands of other co-leaders and other members. Jumping over this huddle. That the enemy try to bring into your ministry. And into your business. And, and, and your church. So. Ask the Lord to show you. What's missing in your life and where your gates need to be repaired. And I want you to read Nehemiah 3. Okay. The Holy Spirit is a revealer. He will will tell you about you if you ask him. God bless you so much.
2: Lord, he's my life. If your glory wants to come.
0: So the reason why I'm saying that we are to um, know our rightful place in wherever we live and not just where you live, but your church, your um, your job. God does not just send you somewhere just to send you, you're there, everyone can pray, God can hear all His children, their prayers. And. You know, if you are a, a intercessor, you know you are intercessor. You pray. You, you, if you know you are a watchman, you know you are a watchman. You have a prayer schedule. And it's not just in the morning or afternoon, in the evening, when everybody's sleeping. God is nudging you to get up and pray. And you are visual. You know, you're visual. You, you, take, you take clear um, instructions from God. And you observe, okay, you observe and you pray, you watch and pray, and so I want to share a testimony of what a, you know what God does when you pray as a watchman or watchwoman um, you don't have to be a prophet to be a watchwoman or a watchman, you don't have to be a pastor to be that, you don't have to be a teacher, you know a pastor or apostle, you know all the five-foot ministry to be a watchman or a watchwoman god sees your heart and he sees your your integral spirit and says okay this one i want that person to be able to see this and experience this and and get revelation of what's happening and so uh, before i move into any community i always pray and you know go around the community drive around Try to see what's there physically and what's there spiritually. Like I said, um, you got to pray and ask God where he wants you to live because um, we fight it against flesh and blood. We fight against spiritual entities, powers in the heavenly places, darkness of this age. And so you have to be careful where you live because sometimes... The principality there or the darkness there, you cannot handle because you're not at a spiritual level for you to be able to handle it. And so if you move there or if you live there, um, that thing can come on you. That's why sometimes, oh Lord, there are certain people who move into a certain neighborhood and things, things in their life sort of start to go south, you know, Uh, things start to just go crazy. It's because you did not seek the Lord in what was there before you moved there. And so sometimes what's there can come upon you. I remember when I moved, um, I met with a friend and the friend and I were talking and the friend was telling me about the spirit in that city. And over time, as I lived there, I already, I already discerned the spirit, but the other spirit that the friend was talking about, I was not seeing it yet until I drove through that neighborhood that you know, the friend was telling me about, and then I saw the spirit, I, I, I discerned what that spirit was, and that friend was completely right. God showed that friend that spirit, that friend lived in that city for many years, and so it's important that as you live in a city or a place, a neighborhood, or even your job, be, be available. Be available for God to show you what's going on. Because certain things might creep in, might crept in, like we see uh, in the Word of God, how the prophet was warning people that, hey, uh, certain people have crept into the, into the house, of God into the people of the Lord you know and we have to f- contend for the faith right and so what God is saying is that in this season he's, he, he wants to raise up more watchmen more people like Nehemiah Nehemiah was not God did not call him to go there God saw his heart and, and, and in his heart he wanted to go there to help his people God did not commission him and tell him, or wake him up in the evening, or, or talk to him. We don't see that in Nehemiah. God telling Nehemiah to go. Nehemiah, in his own heart, you know, God. God doesn't have to talk to you, to verbally talk to you, uh, for you to do something. He will put it in your heart, the desire, you know, maybe to start a ministry, to start, you know, a a uh addiction therapy. a a program you know it's in your heart God placed that desire in his heart and he could have said no or he could have said yes and he said yeah and he went he didn't talk to God about it but he just followed that desire in his heart to go yes he prayed to God before he went you know but I want you to know that God is going to put desire in your heart to be a watchman and you have to agree or obey or say yes or no he's not going to force you to be a watchman because being a watchman it's not something that's forced it's something that you want to do because you have to wake up at odd times of the day even for me yesterday I woke up around 2 a.m okay that's normally not my prayer time but I knew God wanted me to pray about certain things and so I obeyed and i woke up and i prayed okay and so this testimony <clears throat> is what what happens when a watchman prays that's the title of this testimony so like i said before i move into my neighborhood i drove around looked and see what was there one thing that you can do is ask god lord as i drive through this neighborhood i want you to, i want you to show me what's there what spirit is there, what, what is happening there, what you're doing there, and what the enemy's doing there, okay? Because God can show you what he's about to do in that neighborhood. And um, I saw the spirit that was there. I drove to the neighborhood twice. And then I moved in. And then after certain, I think after a couple months, uh, a few months, I drove through the neighborhood again. And I saw a tarot card reading store, which is basically a psychic. Now, this neighborhood, this neighborhood has stores within the neighborhood. And so it's like part of the neighborhood. It's like together. So it's not like, it's not like on the side. No, it's part of the neighborhood. It's inside the neighborhood. And so when I saw that, I was like, whoa, Lord, was this always there? And the Holy Spirit revealed to me, yes, it was there. But I didn't see it because God knew that if I saw it, I would not move in that neighborhood. Watch this. He knew that if I saw that psychic tarot card reading store, I would not move into that neighborhood. But God wanted me to move into that neighborhood to pray against that psychic tarot card store. He knew that I would abort the assignment. And that's a whole sermon for somebody. Sometimes God does not show you everything that's going to happen or everything that you want to see because he knows that if you see it, you will not want to go on that road. Just as we see so many people in the word of God, you know, what they endured. Job, if Job knew he was going to endure the things that he endured, he would not have want to, you know, go on that pathway of, of having God as his savior. Many people don't want to suffer. Many many people want, want it to be clean, clean cut, right? Um, if Esther knew that he, she was going to encounter Haman and all his schemes, she probably would have said, no, thank you, I don't want the crown. But God had to shield her from seeing Haman and Haman's true colors, right? And so sometimes God will shield you from the enemy's assignment because he knows that you might think that you're not uh, strong enough like David to overtake the enemy, okay? And then when the time is right, he will reveal it to you and say, yep, this is your assignment, okay? And you, you yourself, that, that you're listening to this message, you can attest to that. There is something that God uh, uh, covered and then uncovered at a certain time. And I would say this many pastors have endured this, that God will cover certain things. And when you get to a certain season as being a pastor, he will uncover it and and you'll be like, whoa, Lord, I did not sign up for this. Or you'll be like, whoa, Lord, why didn't you tell me this? Because if God did tell you, you would not want to be a pastor to begin with, or a teacher or a prophet or an apostle or evangelist. God knows when to unveil the the, wicked, the wickedness of the enemy to you. And so when I saw that, I was like, oh my God. No, 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 no. Because that is a portal for the enemy. Okay? That is a portal for the enemy. For that spirit, that tarot card, reading, psychic nonsense to be in the neighborhood. Like it was part of the neighborhood because they have... They have stores within this neighborhood, and so I started to pray and go into fasting and praying, and I asked the Lord to send His angels. And there was this boldness that came upon me that I I said to God, within a month I want to see this this store removed from the neighborhood completely within a month. And so I prayed, and then. Um, I didn't go over there. I prayed and I kind of forgot about it. Um, But then I went back into prayer. And as I was flowing with the Holy Spirit, I thought of that tarot card store again. And then I started to pray against it. And then the Holy Spirit led me to go back there and drive and go see if it was still there. And so I drove there. And it was not there anymore. Praise God. God did it. God did it. There was nothing that that I did in my own might. Yes, I prayed. And God listened. And God moved. And God sent His angels. But the true glory belongs to the Lord. All the glory belongs to Him. Because without Him, without His angels, that terracotta card will still be there. And so I want you to know... And, you know, that, that store is now u- used as a beauty and waxing store. Now, that's a whole prophetic uh, revelation. Like, the, the tarot card was being used to, to, to bring things of the enemy into that place. And now, a beauty and waxing store is there. It's like God is trying to remove all of those things that were placed there. He's, he's trying to wax it out, <laughs> From the community and bring beauty back to the community. Do 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 you see that prophetic revelation? I was so happy when I saw. The, I had to drive back there twice just to make sure that my eyes was not seeing things. Because you know, if you're a seer, there are times where you see and you be like, whoa is that what's about to happen there? Or is that something that's already there? So I drove back again, I'm like, I need to see if, if what I saw was what, what was going to happen, like a, a beauty and wax and store that was about to come there. Uh, because I need to go see if, if this is truly what I'm seeing. And so I drove there and I saw that it was already there. And I was like, praise God. And that's what happens, God did it. It's an answer prayer. That's what happens. You're not in your community just to be there. You're not in your job just to be there. You're not in your church just to be there. Now, you see and you pray, okay? God, you know, God loves his intercessors, his watchmen, because they know when to speak and they know when to be quiet. There are many times I've been at a church that I've not, you know, gone and and be part of a ministry. All I was there was to just see and pray, just be part of the, and I wasn't even sitting like at the front. I was sitting at the back of the church. Because it, it's important to, to, to the where God will tell you to go and sit, because he's trying to show you certain things that you should pray about. It doesn't mean that go and tell the pastor or go tell the leader, blah, blah, blah. This is what I'm seeing. No, because if people keep doing that, it's because you, you want to be noticed. Because you want somebody to notice your gift. You you want to be noticed. But true intercessors, true prophets, true true. Watchmen, they don't care about being noticed. They they see and pray, and it's between them and God until God says, Okay, I want you to go and reveal it to this person or to that person. And so you will know a true watchman when you know that they're not there to be noticed. They're not there to get glory. They're not there to say, Oh, look at me. I'm a watchman, and I'm here to pray, or I'm a prophet. I'm here to pray. No, they will never go to any of the leaders and say "This, this, 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 that, no. They will never do that until they are actually part of the leadership team and then they feel led by God to share. And even before they share, they pray. They pray about it before they share it. And so this is an encouragement to you if you feel like your fire is dying as a, a watchman. You feel like you've put your shield of faith down. You feel like you put your weapons down, your, your sword down. You feel tired. You feel like, you know, you, you're pray you've been praying about the same thing and you're not seeing anything well sometimes you have to allow the lord to send his angels in that place to minister and to do what it is that they do okay i believe that you know there are a lot of this is a, a season of angelic encounter angelic um movement okay uh, i remember god telling telling me through a prophet who prayed for me, actually he's an apostle, but he he told me, he said, Bernice, God is saying you need to use your angels, because they are there, and they, they they were not being used, because I wasn't telling the Lord to release the angels that he's assigned to me, and every Christian, every child of God has an angel, okay, especially if you're in the fight for ministry, you got angels, if you're If you're a watchman, you got angels, okay? And we work with angels. We see that in Isaiah. We see that in Daniel, okay? We see that in Revelation. We work with angels, okay? We work with angels. Jesus worked with angels. When he was in the wilderness, angels came and ministered to him, okay? When you feel weak as an intercessor or as a watchman, ask the lord even elijah angels came and ministered to him we see that even people who are in the wilderness jacob you know um the israelites um hagar you know angels came to minister to them. even people who are in, in situations in cities that were were just idol and were just demonic were just devilish like lot right in Sodom and Gomorrah, angels came to intervene. So wherever you are, however horrible it is, what, what's going on around that God is showing you, the crime, the, the injustice, all of that, you got angels in that place already. God has assigned angels in, in cities. He has assigned them. So you got to pray for him to release them because the reason why you're tired is because there are certain fights that angels are only assigned to. Trust me, there are certain fights that only angels can win. You can't win it by your prayers alone. Angels had to intervene, okay? And so ask the Lord to release his angels, to strengthen them, and to let them go and fight. And sometimes you lack faith. Because you're trying to do it on your own with your own prayers, like I just said, Lord, send your angels to go in and 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 deliver this this city and this this um, this community from this spirit. And I just let it go. I just said, you know, God is gonna handle it. He has his angels working on it. That's that. Okay. So you gotta you gotta know that God has angels ministering and doing a work in what you're praying about. So this is a testimony, and I hope that it gives you some faith. I hope that it gives you some peace and, and reassurance that your prayers are powerful. That's why the enemy doesn't want you to wake up and pray. Wake up and pray when God leads you. Do you think I always want to wake up at 2 o'clock or whatever time the, the, the Holy Spirit leads me to pray? No. Sometimes I want to lay, lay in my bed, but then the Lord is like, get up and pray. Pray. Okay? So when you pray, God moves. Because if you need something, you have to knock. You don't get it if you don't knock. You don't get it if you don't ask. So come on. Watch and pray.